once more with podcast. Hello! Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know, Athena? What's that, Taki? That self-esteem is for everybody. <laughs> self-esteem is for everyone. I mean, I know it's technically a song sung by evil puppets, but it has a good message. It it just reminds me of really creepy puppets, though. So, uh, self-esteem uh, is for me. everybody. Excuse me, creepy puppets? Yeah. Are you not the puppet lover of this gang? Are yes. you still my line? <laughs> There's a specific thing that happens in this episode that really really creeps me out to an extent that um i guess exciting i'll see if that's the one uh, where i took a note and went like now athena now athena are you afraid of puppets mm, i think it might <laughs> be the actually same. in my notes <laughs> so uh yeah if you haven't guessed we're going to be talking about smile time <laughs> uh smile i'm like got a bit of a nervous smile going on but it's smiling <laughs> Are you nervous because I'm so pretty? Mm. <laughs> no, that's most definitely the reason why, not why I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> it's, to be honest, it's not so much the puppets that are creepy, it's the children. The children are actually really creepy. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about smile time this week because, like, two weeks ago, we talked about the puppet show. And we thought, hey, puppets! Puppets! a great theme for a month to just continuously talk about puppets! And since both shows have a puppet episode, it seemed obvious. And obviously, Smile Time is Angel Season 5. I can't remember what episode in the series it is. But it's the episode where Angel gets turned into a puppet. Or technically, I guess, a Muppet. It's uh, episode 14, I believe. Ah. Just just checking the wiki. So it's quite <laughs> late in the season. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, quite late yeah. in the season. I always felt like it was earlier. But yeah, it's it's one of my personal favorite episodes of Angel because I love Puppet Angel. He is so cute. And like having him scream lines like, I do not have puppet cancer is comedic gold for me like i cannot stop laughing when i watch this episode (laughs) it is a good episode and it is definitely one of angel's more memorable episodes i think if you ask anyone to like just name an episode of angel off the top of their heads i guess it would be this one yeah because like oh and he's a puppet he's so cute and he's like walking his little puppet legs and it's like the one puppet I like, but maybe that's because it's made out of felt, not out of wood. I don't know. Yeah, once you go felt, <laughs> you you never smelt. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite work, does it? Really. But I guess we've figured out that Athena really likes wood. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. So, uh, <laughs> so what's the premise for anyone that doesn't know? What is the premise of Small Time, Taki? The premise of Smile Time. Oh, by the way, hi, this is Once More with Podcast. Oh, yes. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we should have said that. I'm start, Never mind. <laughs> I'm Athena. Well, we have we have introduced ourselves, kind of, so. Mm, and they of. did download the podcast, so they kind of know who we are. <laughs> but anyway, 
carry on. Anyway, so the premise of the show is pretty much evil puppets have taken over a children's show and they are sucking the life force out of children uh, because they will use said life force as like a super valuable trade merchandise. I'm Swedish, guys. I'm losing words. I can't think. Um, In hell. And so they have taken over this kid's show. They're sucking out the lives of kids uh, who look super creepy when they've been put in like a smiley comatose state. And the angel gang decides to, hey, not cool. We're going to fight this. An angel gets turned into a puppet, and he stays that way forever because he's so cute. <laughs> uh, maybe it wears off, and by next episode, he's not a puppet again. I don't know. Maybe. Who watches after small <laughs> Well, yeah. So that's pretty much the basic premises of Smile Evil puppets, kind of. I mean, I'm not sure they killed the children, technically, because... They are in the hospital, but they don't do anything good with the children. No, it's like catatonic, isn't it? It's Yeah. But yeah, it's the creepy smiles on the faces. and The thing is, if we're getting into the episode immediately, is that <laughs> as I watched this, my first thoughts was, A, man, that's an old TV. Because the very first scene is a child that's sick at home and he's watching smile time and his mom is like on the phone because she's um trying to get a sitter or something i can't remember and he's just watching smile time (laughs) and then like the puppets start talking to the child and there's this very awkward sexual overtone where the puppet is like Come on, Tommy, you know you want it. You want to touch it. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to. And the puppet is like, touch it! And, like, uh, yeah, and he's also like, you should never break a promise. And basically Ooh. forces the kid to touch the TV screen. <laughs> but as I was watching it, I was like, I don't think they would allow you to show this on TV anymore. Like... I don't think that, yeah, uh, for just, like, a regular show, I think somebody would go, like, this is way too pedophile territory for our detective show about vampires. Maybe don't have a puppet scream, touch it at a child in a very sexual tone. What do you think? I I never kind of saw it in a sexual tone i just really yeah i guess like that yet yeah i maybe that's just me i just he was you know the puppet was obviously quite desperate for the child to touch the tv and i don't kind of get the tv yeah i kind of get like why you would think if they were like that there was some sort of sexual undertone to it but i would never well i Never kind of picked that up. So really, because I'm like, yeah, that was very disturbing, and I was just like, I just heard Giles in my head going like, I think the subtext is rather becoming the text here. <laughs> like this is making me uncomfortable. But mm. yeah, so I guess that was just me then. 
Yeah, I think that was just you. I don't. I mean, I'm sure people. There are people out there that will have seen that, but I don't think I did. I just um, made a point in my notes that um, kids' TV shows are like drugs. (laughs) <laughs> because if you've seen a small child with their favorite tv show they are literally like mesmerized by it that is true because like i have a niece and she's almost three now but when she was just two years old like she would find this kind of creepy cartoon on youtube that her parents didn't want her to watch so they like uninstalled youtube from like the tablet that she was using to watch it on and then, like, my sister came into the room, and she found her watching that show. And she was like, how did you find this? And the freaking two-year-old had, like, managed to find it, like, via Google or something. Because they didn't even have YouTube anymore. But she still managed to find it on the tablet by just looking for it on the internet. So they are really, like, drugs. Because she was like, I need to watch this show. Mm. Obstacles go around it. That's the lesson here. Yeah, kids are too smart nowadays. They're way too smart. It's scary. Kids need to go back to using, like, abacus and that sort of thing. Take the tablets away and just stick an abacus in front of them. I would just like to point out that there are movies of me as a child when I'm playing with pine cones. And I've put, like, little um, matches uh, in them for legs. (laughs) And yes, I'm literally playing with pine cones. And that is something all kids can learn from, just saying. (laughs) Well, when I was a kid, I would go to the park. And you know when the wind would like blow the leaves around? Mm -hmm. I would pretend that it was me and I had a superpower and I was blowing the leaves around. (laughs) Are you 100% sure it wasn't you? Um, Well, it's never been proven. So it probably, I mean, I, I can neither confirm nor deny um, the fact that I'm a mutant with superpowers, a bit like Storm off of the X-Men. I'm just I, saying that we talked about on the boards on a about a Charmed reboot and in Charmed, like they get their powers when they're adults, but then they travel back in time and they find out that they had them as kids and they could like blow winds or leaves around and stuff. They just didn't remember until the powers were later activated. So maybe your powers just haven't been activated yet. Maybe. And my memory is really bad from when I was a kid. So see, Mm. I smell a witch. (laughs) I, I prefer the term mutant. (laughs) <laughs> well, um, sure. It sounds much less stigmatized that way. <laughs> well, I guess it depends who you ask. I'm sure that the mutants of the world probably do think they are quite stigmatized. But I don't know. I'm going to go. Yeah, that's what I mean. That it sounds worse with mutants. Which oh, oh, I thought you meant the other way. Mm. Uh, oh well, not you're a it. witch. I'm a witch with a bee. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, I I have a question about child actors, right? Yeah. So you know the scene where the child actor is obviously being, he's touched it, and um, (laughs) but you know, like when they roll their eyes back into their heads, like how do you get a kid to do that? Even I can't do that, and it's just like 
tell them to. I mean, I guess you you uh, cast for kids who can do that. Because it's not like they're completely rolled back. No, but it's, it's quite freaky. Because I'm like, can I can that. roll my eyes quite far back, but that's because I have very large eyes. So whatever I do with my eyes, if I look up or to the side, they look like giant empty fishbowls, which is quite terrifying in photos. So I imagine you would just look for the kid with the fishbowl eyes. Well, <laughs> I've got quite big eyes, but I've never tried to do that. So maybe oh, I can do it. Should. Maybe you should. Maybe you could have been a child actor if you had had that oh, skill. Oh, if only I'd had that skill when <laughs> I was a kid with the rolling back eyes and the moving of leaves. I oh mean, God, I could have been awesome. Yeah. I mean, you probably still would have worn pleather, so. Oh, I mean, absolutely. You, been, you wouldn't have been that awesome. <laughs> oh, no, I probably would have gone for like the full like pleather cat suit and, you know, gone down the full X-Men route. I found orange velour pants on H at H&M today. It was traumatizing. Uh, anyway. Well, we've discussed H&M before and <laughs> apparently found out recently they are Swedish. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, she like sent me a message on WhatsApp like, oh my God, I didn't know that H&M was Swedish. <laughs> it's like, it's not like well advertised that they're Swedish. It's not like Ikea where literally everything they sell has a swedish name and it's like we are swedish pretty much <laughs> everywhere also not everything at ikea has a swedish names lots of things have norwegian and danish names well you can't tell it's the bloody difference, difference. <laughs> as a as a british person you can't tell the difference and honestly the only thing that that's... is culturally insensitive <laughs> <laughs> Well, the only thing that you know, like, doesn't have a Swedish name or a Norwegian name or whatever, is the Billy Bookcase. Because you all know that a Billy Bookcase is going to be a Billy Bookcase. Which, by the way, I might be buying some new Billy Bookcases because I found them in blue. Ooh. Which is really nice. But anyway, back to the episode. Anyway. Uh, uh, H&M is obviously Swedish, which they mention in Smile Time. Uh, no, they don't. However, if we carry on with the TV show that we're talking about, uh, we see the, like, we kind of open uh, at Wolfram and Hart with, like, Fred in the lab, and then Knox arrives, mm-hmm. and he introduces her to the case. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, because I've seen this show before, <laughs> the second Knox arrived on screen, I was like, I hate you! <laughs> And a very visceral reaction to him. I was just very angry at his yeah. very presence. The thing is, because he gives her this Valentine's Day card, uh, obviously because they went out on like one date and he felt it and she didn't. And at this point, I can't help but wonder. I'm like, if she had wanted to date him, would he still have like Illyriad her? Or does he Illyria her because she rejects him? Mm. I don't know. I guess we'll have to watch later episodes to determine. But it just felt like, I'm like, why is he trying to kind of still date her? Is it because he just wants to, like, f*** her before Mm. he does make her Illyria? Or, like, what is happening in his head right now? Well, Um, he's very full on, isn't he? I mean... The fact that they've only been on one date and he's really 
really trying quite hard. He's quite pushy with her. And and it's like, she says no, she means no. Like, back off. And yeah, he's, he's a bit too pushy, I think, in this scene for my liking. I will, however, say that what I do love in this episode so much is Angel and Nina. He is hilariously awkward with her because uh, she's obviously flirting with him and he just like locks her in a cage and she's like oh what are you doing for breakfast and he's like oh you know drink your blood yeah <laughs> <laughs> like he's super awkward and it's just i love it when angel is awkward obviously i've not seen these particular episodes in a little while even though it is probably my favorite season of angel i've not actually sat and watched them in order for a while but i can't really remember what was the plan for nina like was she supposed to be a particular love interest because yeah she was kind of there and then she kind of wasn't anymore and no well she was she was his love interest they uh bone and everything uh obviously uh and then like towards the end of the season he sends her away to kind of save her life you know uh i I don't remember all that i think it's kind of interpreted then as a it's a bit of a breakup, but it's not really a breakup, uh, even though he kind of shallowly promised her that he'll meet up with her later, which uh, obviously he's on the side of a losing battle. So that's kind of kind of like Sander proposing at the end of season five. You that? anyway, um, <laughs> um, no, so I, I think that the, there was a plan of having her recur in season six if season six had happened yeah um but since it didn't angel and nina nina kind of petered out but i do think that she was supposed to come back because you know she is in the after the fall comics um but she and gwen raiden are like kind of demon fightery on the side of that then so i i definitely think that the plan for her was to stick around mm. And I love it because I actually love Angel and Nina. I know a lot of people don't, but I really, really love them. And I think it's... Because the thing is, like, with Angel's Curse, it really only worked for Buffy Season 2. And after that, it's been nothing but an anchor that I wish they would get rid of. Like, it doesn't matter if they would get Buffy and Angel back together again because of it or not. I don't care. I just want them to get rid of that curse. Yeah, I think... (laughs) It stopped making sense at that point. Yeah, Wesley actually says, doesn't he, that, you know, Angel needs to stop using the curse as an excuse. Which I think is great. I love this conversation with him and Angel, partly because I love their friendship. Uh, They are so adorable together in this scene. (laughs) And I'm like, I love when Wes is like, this comes from the ladies. (laughs) And Nina is interested in him. But the Uh, the thing that I love the most is the fact that Wesley is giving Angel romantic advice when when he literally can't see Fred flirting in front of him at all. And it's I know I I was right. I wrote that. I was like, it's so funny because obviously it reflects him perfectly that he's just as blind as Angel. But um, but yeah, like I just love that whole interaction between Wesley and Angel. I think maybe because. In, like, season four, we didn't get that because, obviously, Wesley went around and, like, stole Angel's kid and, like, got his throat cut and it was, like, drama. Uh, So that kind of affected their friendship. Yeah, it's nice Uh, to see them together 
but it's being really friends nice. and yeah, like to just have them be like guy friends and like Wesley kind of getting upset with him because obviously Wesley himself has these pent up emotions for Fred, even though he doesn't see her feelings for him. Uh, so it's just kind of funny when Angel's like, why are you yelling at me? And it's like, you get the feeling that Wesley's kind of yelling at both of them, you know? Wesley's an idiot sometimes. Like, we'll think this... Yeah, sorry. He's just being an idiot. And it's just, it it makes me so cross because we know what's going to happen next. And, well, see, this for me is why, because I'm guessing from this conversation and from our general never agree on anything, you kind of probably like Wesley and Fred, right? Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> Sorry, that was Athena's cat. It was not. She does not sound like that. Um, yeah, I kind of... Terrible. I kind of do. Because I don't, partly because they look like siblings. Uh, no, they don't. I think they do. Right? They have very similar colouring. I just... Ugh, yeah, I, I don't know. They don't work for me. At all. Um, but the thing is, like, in this episode, I, like, first of all, the whole, oh, Fred suddenly, suddenly realized what a stud Muffy Wesley is, is incredibly forced to me. But secondly, he is so patronizing to her. Mm-hmm. I am not Team Wesley in this episode. I usually love Wesley this episode. I freaking hate Wesley when he's around Fred. Oh, like, yeah, he's an he, idiot. Like He needs to get back with Lila. Uh, because the thing is, like, here, first of all, Fred kind of awkwardly tries to flirt with him, and he just kind of ignores it like an idiot. But later on in the episode, you have the scene where Wesley and Fred are watching reruns of Smile Time. Uh, and Knox is kind of with them, and then he brings... Only coffee for him and Fred, blah, blah, blah. Um, he leaves, and then they're left together. Uh, and Wes kind of questions her about dating Knox. And yeah. she she kind of awkwardly goes like, oh, yeah, but I, I didn't really like him. And she's trying to, like, express her feelings for Wesley. And then he, in a super dismissive, patronizing tone, Wesley, uh, he just goes like, oh, you're looking for someone funny. And he sounds super bitter. Uh, and it just, it's not funny. It makes him seem like a douchebag. Yeah. No, he, like, he's, he's trying to figure out, because he's like trying to figure out what she wants, but he's being all douchey about it, yeah. making her feel insecure. So yeah. I'm not Team Fresley at all. No, I just feel I'm, like. I can't really explain it, but. <laughs> In the previous episodes where it was all kind of will they, won't they and one person liked the other person and then the other person didn't and it was all a bit like mismatched kind of thing. I found it quite mm-hmm. interesting that that whole kind of dynamic and I did kind of like it. And then I don't like them in this episode because of all the things you've said that basically Wesley is just being such a douchey idiot and the way he's speaking to her and like undermining her and... I find that in this episode, I think that Fred is given a bit of a rough time. Yeah. Like, she she has the answers, and then she's got these men around her who are basically, like, undermining her and and treating her like crap. And 
either like coming on to her when she doesn't want them to or just completely ignoring her very, very, very blatant advances. And then in the next episode, obviously, we're not talking about the next episode, but <laughs> then more stuff happens. It's really difficult. I do like them, but I don't like them, but I do like them. I wish I wish we'd had more time with I mean, them. yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, obviously, when she dies and all of that, it's very moving. But I feel like... They, the show hasn't earned it, you know? Like, because they've had him pining over her for a long time. But they've only had her pining over him for, like, two episodes. Yeah. So, for me, it's, like, emotionally hollow. It's just going for, oh, no, Wesley didn't want get what he want. And I'm like, well, I'm going to give a f*** about Wesley. I'm caring about in the situation like I care about both of them I want both of them to get something but it's like it's so focused on Wesley's romantic aspect of it all that Wesley should get the girl of his dreams and I'm like I don't I this is what feels so off for me this season because obviously I like Wesley and Lila um and, do, and I do too I like Fred and Gunn I like these and I do I like Fred and Gunn I mean, they're a little bit mismatched, but it works for both of these couples. And it's like, there's like this compelling narrative between these couples in season four while there's all this tension. But come season five, like now, it's like both Wesley and even even Gunn, which I'm going to get into later, maybe. I just feel it's so like, I feel like the show lost some emotional depth. Mm. Like, they're just trying to get to a point. Like, oh, Wesley should get the girl, basically. Uh, And therefore, this sad thing is going to happen. Because no couple can ever be happy. So that's why I'm like, I really struggle with Presley. Because I feel like it's like this cheap cop-out that we're supposed to feel for him. Because of this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like they just really, they didn't do enough emotional groundwork for this pairing to work for me yeah i can understand that and maybe that's the reason why i'm i like them but i don't like them because i do kind of feel like this season fred is pretty much treated like a trophy yeah Um, and i'm also i'm like i is it really explain why she suddenly likes wesley she just suddenly sees him in a new light and we're supposed to think that oh they could grow old together and have picket fences because they're white and super suburban together like i mean i i don't see the connection from her point except that they're telling us that suddenly she's into him mm-hmm. and i, I think, hate that yeah i, I think it's just that, one of i'm like Obviously, I'm not really as Buffy, uh, but you could argue that Spike was interested in her from season two. You know, mm-hmm. like there was a tension there from like super early or like season four or, you know, like there's a background to the characters that could explain it. But yeah. with Fred, I just don't feel that. It just feels like it's like a Cordelia and Angel for me that suddenly they were like, oh, let's make this happen. It's something that happens a lot in these sorts of shows, isn't it? Where if you've got a guy and a girl or a team consisting of several guys and a girl, someone's always got to end up with the girl, you know? And I think that's why I kind of feel like this season, I think Fred is a great character. And I think throughout the the course of the, I think four seasons that she's on the show, I think she really grows. And I think 
she's definitely one of my favourites. But I do think she is kind of treated, especially when Cordelia leaves, as very much the, the trophy girl. To be honest, I'm surprised that, you know, they didn't pair her with Angel. Yeah, a little bit. Because she they did, did like- try, didn't they? They they you know, she had that crush on him back in like season was it the start of season three, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it and is it was. She's pretty uh, much kind of You know They put her in a relationship with most people, haven't they? If it hadn't been for Buffy, I'm pretty sure that she would have had a romantic connection with Spike because I actually felt like she had more of an emotional connection with Spike this season than she had with Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's obviously also because Spike is the new character, so they have to kind of establish him in the show. But I still felt like we got more like, yeah, for me, like I, I did feel like she bonded more with, with Spike this season than, than she ever like even spent time with Wesley. Yeah. Um, so that's why, yeah, I really struggle with Wesley and Fred being together. And like, obviously this episode ends with them kissing and I'm just like, it's not really a happy ending for me because I'm really conflicted about how he treats her this episode and like why this is happening all of a sudden. So yeah, that's like my one, no, not one, that's my second gripe with this episode. Yeah, and I and I know that we don't always agree, but I can agree with you on that definitely. Oh my it does, God. I know what's <laughs> going on, but it does feel like they've built up Wesley over the course of the show, and Wesley has pined for this girl and pined for her and pined for her, and it does feel a little bit like, oh well, we're spoiler alert, we're getting rid of Fred, so we'd better put him with Wesley <laughs> as a bit of fan service. Because that's what the fans want. They want Wesley to be happy. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. And I also felt like, I think that's partly why I love Wesley and Lila so much. Because he has like this idolized version of Fred. And I'm just like, it's really nice when you get a convincing pairing that is like, well, maybe that was what you wanted in your head. But maybe that's not what's like in the stars for you. Maybe that's not what you're suitable for. Maybe that's not what's going to work out for you. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it. We've all had like these crushes that we thought was like, oh, this per- person is perfect for me. And then you get closer to them in one way or another. And you're like, um, please leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> this was a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it's just. Just because you're the only girl in your group of guy friends, it doesn't mean that you have to end up with one of them. That's... Do you know what I mean? It's just... It's weird. It's weird how TV shows do that. Yes, because it's also weird. It's a little bit like How I Met Your Mother, where Robin dates Ted, and then she dates his best friend. It's kind of like Fred dates Gunn, and then she starts to date Wesley. I'm like, in real life, People aren't cool with that. No. <laughs> like, keep it in your pants. Because that's, like, a super weird situation. And just, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Public service announcement. Don't date your ex's friend. Because it's, it's not going to work. It never will. No matter how many times they try to say, oh, yeah, I'm really cool with it. They're not going to be cool with it. It's not going to be cool. I once dated a guy and then I didn't know it was his cousin. Yeah, <laughs> so then, yeah. Then I found out it was his cousin, and it immediately turned super weird, and yeah. it did not work out, because you cannot date somebody who has, like, this close relationship. I mean, it's just weird. Don't do it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Fred, 
is it just me or is Fred this season? She looks kind of completely different. Um, I feel like she looks yeah, kind of, I mean, she looks more feminine in a yes, way. Yes, she does. I, I feel like before she used to wear like pants and t-shirts and kind of and simple stuff. And now it's stuff. the short skirts and the... Yeah, it's like short skirts all the time, just like these frilly tops. And I mean, it, it looks great on her, but I'm just like, it's it's an interesting shift in her character because I feel it's it's very stark. But I wonder also if it's because Chris McCarpenter isn't on the show anymore. So maybe they were like, we need more legs and cleavage. I think so. Yeah. I think I, I genuinely do. I think that they... Like, screw character continuity. Yeah. She's now a miniskirt kind of gal. She's. I mean, now she's the token woman. So she's got to fill the role of being the sexy girl. And she's got to be the smart girl. She's got to be all of these kind of girly tropes all in one. So... And you know what? She pulls it off like a freaking queen i know because she's so beautiful it's so beautiful so beautiful so beautiful and the thing is i've been watching um amy acker in the the latest uh marvel tv the show the gifted and yeah she looks the same i swear to god it's incredible she's i can't so believe gorgeous. and also I, in that show it, she's playing the mother of like two teenage teenage people i was gonna say teenage people <laughs> i mean teenagers and it's like we count them as people i, I don't, don't know. know i'm not sure but and it's like she i think in real life she is old enough to have teenage children well she, has she doesn't look it uh, <laughs> yeah, but i'm not but I don't sure think they're teenagers. teenagers no i don't think so um, but then again i think she had kids right after angel and angel was a while ago so they're probably tweens maybe they are teenagers then i don't know yeah. <laughs> um but anyway she she's just she's just so beautiful she looks amazing and whenever i um well not whenever i see her but sometimes when i see her there is this quote from gilma girls which i also love when it's um Lorelai's ex-boyfriend's girlfriend is pregnant and she goes like oh wow she finds out that she's pregnant and she's like oh wow women all over the world will line up to see that tiny woman fat and that's <laughs> kind of what I think when I think of Amy Acker as pregnant she's a really tiny woman yeah <laughs> she is quite tiny anyway we've we need to talk about some puppets I think because I think so too but I would also like to say that there is a scene where Lauren walks in and it kind of breaks my heart because Andy Hallett is no longer with us. Yeah. And he was amazing as Lorne. And yeah. just all the Lorne love. Because he is great in this episode. He was great in all the other episodes. And yeah. Yeah. Just Lorne, we love you. Yeah. And he's he's a talent that's definitely sorely missed. I mean, I I watch episodes with Andy Hallett in. You know, when he first, he was just the host and he's just he, his charisma just kind of flies off the screen and and, and i love lorne underneath like four pounds of green makeup yeah <laughs> and it's it's just it's an incredible thing that he does and it doesn't matter like what whatever episode he's in he always kind of brightens up the screen and i don't mean that just because he's green um but he, he also has great soft voice and yeah. you just feel like you could tell him all your problems 
He's a great host for a bar because yeah. you really feel like I could tell you everything that's wrong in my life and you would listen and tell me something wise. <laughs> Do you know what I would really like to at some point in the future? And I don't know if or when or how, but I would really like us to do an episode just purely on lawn. Yeah, and to, to choose like our favorite lawn episode, because I think there's just so much good stuff out there for lawn. And there is a, quite a few episodes where he's only in it for a little bit, but... Obviously, we will name it. It's not easy being green. Obviously. (laughs) Because it's not. (laughs) But yeah, he's he's wonderful. And I think he's great in this episode because it's it's kind of his knowledge of the industry that really kind of pinpoints, oh, you know, the 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 time, you know, if, if all of these kids are falling ill at a particular time, oh well that's when this TV show's on. And without that they would never have figured it out, I don't think. He knows all about Smile Time and where the studio is, and it's just, he's pretty The great. really fun part about Angel going to the studio to kind of poke around is that on the desks, like, it's kind of like with me going, like, man, that's an old TV that really dates the show. But it's like on the desks uh, in the office, they have, like, these old uh, Apple computers, yeah, uh, I saw that too. It's like these old colorful ones. Yeah, you know, they kind of function as briefcases, if I remember correctly, because they had like a handle. Yeah, because uh, I had one of those, and it was like it was kind of huge for a laptop, but it was like green, like bright green, and I loved it so much. And like the operating system now. I mean, comparing to what I have, I mean, just comparing computer operating, it's it's laughable. It was a crappy computer compared to whatever you have now but i just remember it was like the coolest thing because they were all bright and colorful i always remember that i really really wanted one yeah i never got one because it was super expensive it was super expensive but i got my aunt's old one so like she was like oh i'm gonna upgrade so you get my old green one uh and i was so proud of it because it was like this and again now it's just horrible but it kind of looks like a clam yeah <laughs> oh it's i always find it quite nostalgic when you watch old tv shows or old movies and you you come across like these this old technology and at the time it's like yeah let's put this in because it's the it's the latest technology and then it just yeah, makes like, it so yeah. badly yeah because they're like oh now you'll see that they're like the cool expensive office with the apple computers and now you're like yeah and then you're like yeah let me just get my ipad and uh, <laughs> and i'll investigate that ancient technology um yeah, it's um the the one Which, thing I noticed, uh, and that comment dates you. Yes. I watched a sketch the other day when they were talking about like millennials, and then they dated different millennials, and the uh, time frame in which you and I were born were the kind of millennials who apparently thought that iPads were going to be a thing, <laughs> which is true because I've had several iPads. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't actually, I say iPad, I don't actually have one. Um, <laughs> um, well, well, look at that. Yeah, well, you see, I'm an Android girl, so. All the lies come out here. It's just, it's just the, when you talk about a generic search engine or you say, I want to search for something, you say, I'm going to Google it. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just Which, one of those. by the like, way, friend of the listeners, Buffy used first time ever on TV, Googling it. Yes, uh, it was Willow, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought I, I Buffy the show. Yeah. For yes. a second, I thought you meant Buffy the dog, and I was thinking, how did that happen? Like, yes, my dog was the first person <laughs> on TV to say that she was going to Google something. Take that to the bank. Wow, I don't even think <laughs> she, she was wasn't born. even born. Then, <laughs> no, so she'd probably be impressed. <laughs> yeah, that is impressive. That is very, very impressive. Um, <laughs> I, I have a question for you though. Um, why is there always a secret passage behind a cabinet? Have you uh... experienced this in your life? <laughs> Totally. Because <laughs> totally. um, it's such a good way to hide a passage. Because, you know, if somebody comes to sneak in, they're going to be all like looking on the carpets and stuff. But nobody's going to be moving furniture. Let's be honest. Nobody's going to be like, oh, let's push that cabinet aside. Because uh, people are lazy. So behind a cabinet is a great idea. Yeah, but. Presumably the cabinet is not very heavy because if it was Yeah, heavy, but you don't know that if you just look at it. But also, how do you get out the other side? Do you have to push the cabinet out to get out? Yeah, or it's like when and girls also, go to the bathroom, you know, you can like stand outside and wait for your friend and then you knock when you need to go outside. Yeah, but how do you pull the cabinet back if you're behind if you're in the passage, how do you pull the cabinet back? Yeah, so you many have a questions outside for you. Yeah, but it... I, I feel and like also, it's going to be the, the big yellow one, Horatio. Yeah, He's probably going to have to stand on side and wait. Yeah, but then how does he get in? Well, he doesn't get in. But unless you're on the outside. But he you does get in turns. later. Oh my god, this is hurting my brain! <laughs> you take turns, Athena. <laughs> uh, this is hurting my brain. <laughs> anyway, so... Anyway, so he, sees, goes he goes through the big passage and he sees the big egg. <laughs> yes! The nest egg, which me and my sister loved when we watched this show, because when he says you don't mess with the nest egg, the creepy puppet later on, it kind of sounds like it says you don't mess with the nest egg, which we used to joke around with sex. What? <laughs> you don't mess with the nest egg. The what? And the nest egg? Yeah, like the nasty. Oh, Oh, right, okay. With a bit of a slang, like, nasty. <laughs> kind of what it sounds like what? to us. And we're like, that's true, you don't mess with the nasty. But that's because we <laughs> also uh, interpreted the start of the show as very uh, sexual innuendo-y. I don't make- know where you get these things from. <laughs> I don't know where you, where you don't. Like, how innocent are you? Like, quite. But I don't say nasty. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> what is that? You don't say nasty? Like, you don't bump bump uglies? <laughs> yes, but I don't call it the nasty. <laughs> what? Well, we only did because of this episode. Okay. I'm so, anyway. I'm so confused and, <laughs> and I don't know what else I'm feeling. You're so sweet <laughs> and lovely. I can't wait to corrupt you. <laughs> uh, I just... Anyway, so Angel gets turned into a puppet. Yeah. He and it is seriously the best. I love it so much. It's, um, it is like pure joy. Like literally everything to do with Puppet Angel is pure joy. Because he's so cute. And when he moves, it's cute and... Like, when Fred is like, oh, you're so cute. And then when he's uh, has, like, emotions appropriate to his puppet size or whatever Gum says, 
Uh, it's really cute because when he's like banging the remote control against the table, that's kind of me in my daily life. Huh. <laughs> Didn't they sell puppet angel dolls for a little bit? I'm pretty yes, sure you, you could buy them, couldn't you? And um, yeah, I, I have a lot of money now. I remember I did want to buy them at the time, but I didn't because they were quite expensive. And also because probably now I'm like, I don't like having things. So that doesn't make now, any sense. Huh? You don't like having things? No, I don't like having redundant things in my home. Like. Unless I'm using it or taking it, an extraordinary pleasure in it. We are so different. <laughs> I just, I, I panic if I have too much stuff. Yeah, we are so different. My house yeah, is Yeah, which is why, like, every year I, like, clean out my apartment and just sell off or give give a bunch of stuff away. Because I'm like, it's it's just too much stuff. To can't be fair, with- that is quite admirable. Because I think that when you do have too much stuff, if you're not using it, then it's kind of like other people can get use out of it. So in that point exactly. of view, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I'm super good at it because when it comes to books, I'm like, I'm, I obviously need all the books in the world. So I have like a ton of books, uh, <laughs> but yes, other stuff. <laughs> yeah. You see, I've got a ton of the other stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, they also sell like spike puppets, which yeah. doesn't really make sense, but no. they do probably because they're cute. And I'm like. In theory, if I had the space for them, I wouldn't mind having both of those because they're so cute. But also, I'm afraid of puppets, so it's probably for the best that I didn't buy any. (laughs) But, so these puppets are obviously like hand puppets. Yeah. Um, Whereas, well, I suppose Sid was also a hand puppet, wasn't he? I guess. Yeah, but again, he was made of wood and he was super creepy. Yeah. he was super creepy. I suppose it's creepy because he's a ventriloquist puppet. Yeah. Which also is kind of... I mean, it, I kind of feel like it goes with the shtick of a ventriloquist puppet that they're kind of lewd. Whereas a Muppet is like a friendly kid show kind of thing. Yeah. Because the angel puppet is, is really more of a Muppet where it's more like fun time. It's smile time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I <laughs> I really love the scene where uh, Nina comes to talk to him. Yeah. And he, like, hides under his desk because he's embarrassed. And she's like, is there a reason why you won't look at me? And he's like, because I'm under my desk. (laughs) (laughs) It's so socially awkward. And I just really, really love it. It's um, it's one of those where you don't think Angel could be any more socially awkward than he (laughs) already is. Because... Obviously, she doesn't know, so she just feels like, you know, she's just picturing this grown man hiding under the desk because he doesn't want to talk to her. I don't know. I kind of feel like in that situation, I would probably look under the desk. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Because that's just ridiculous, like a grown man being under the desk (laughs) and not wanting to look at you. That's just ridiculous. So, but I don't write this show, so... It, it makes no sense. And then we get another amazing scene where Spike finds out that Angel is <gasps> It's brilliant, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's, it's joy. Like It is so funny. Uh, just the look on Spike's face when he finds that Angel's a puppet. A bloody puppet. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little wee puppet, man. It's, it's so 
funny and like their whole fight scene it is I would say it's it's a lot more better like handled than like the puppet scene in Buffy. Yes. This one just looks absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and the thing is 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 that is all James Masters like fighting with a puppet. Yes. That's that's all that is is that's him pretending to fight with a puppet and it's just I've, I've seen so good. I've seen like behind the footage and you have like James Masters on the floor like finding a puppet and then you have like you know the guy who's obviously holding the puppet like crawling up on him yes yeah. uh and it's yeah james marcers is a great actor he really really is he's amazing because uh, he really pulls it off uh i think that maybe it's because he's a theater actor he can really pull those things off because they're so like kind of over the top in a way but he yeah. can do very convincing way yeah and it's a very kind of physical yeah i think that that has to do with this theater background because i feel like uh tv actors or like movie but they don't have that same thing because he knows how he would be able to pull it off in real time you know Mm. like if we were watching him on a stage he could still do that you know but yeah so uh that is such a brilliant scene yeah. What it does make me think about, though, is it's super interesting because, like, obviously, Puppet Angel beats Spike, and you could argue that maybe Spike was holding back or blah blah blah. But a couple episodes later, Angel was feeling down, and he loses a fight to Spike and Destiny. Yeah, and it's just like I think it's so interesting because I. Uh, when I was watching it, it made me feel, uh, it made me think about Fool for Love from Buffy season five, where Spike talks to Buffy about how, you know, all the vampire needs is to have a really good day and basically for her to have a really bad day yeah, and she'll die. And it really made me feel like it's literally like maybe that's why Buffy and Angel and Spike and Buffy work so well for the viewers because they're basically in the same situation because I feel like these two fights where Angel wins or where Angel loses against Spike really shows that it has so much to do whether you have whether you're having a good day or a bad day Mm. so it's like for them they're in the exact same position as Buffy basically because they're like these super beings but whether they're gonna die or not entirely depends on their own mood kind of you know yeah i guess that kind of works like i was a kickboxer for a while and if you're in a fight with someone it's obviously dependent on the other person's skill but it's also dependent on you and you anticipating their skill and you being in the right frame of mind to anticipate what they're going to do so you can block it and do something else and if you're not in that frame of mind then you have set yourself up for a loss. I guess that at the point where Puppet Angel is fighting Spike, Spike's obviously not really in the frame of mind to fight. So, of course, he's going to lose. So, there is something behind that, I think. If you are having a bad day, so to speak, then that is all it takes. Yeah, because, I mean, I also feel like at the end of the episode... Angel kind of takes Nina out to breakfast, which is something he wouldn't have done if he had been vampire angel. (laughs) I was going to say human angel, but he's not human. Um, 
which makes me feel like he is in a way in this episode so much more comfortable being a puppet which is strange isn't it that it feels like maybe he like he won against spike here because he was more like confident in his ability yeah, yeah. than he is later in the season when he's a vampire again and it's just really interesting to see that he's like yeah he's actually more comfortable with himself being a puppet at this point yeah which i guess kind of points to how lost angel is <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is really fascinating uh but yeah I, th- I thought that was really interesting but uh to get back to what's happening in the episode there's a scene, and this is the scene where I wrote down, like, now you're freaked out by puppets, right? Uh, are we are we talking about the scene with Lorne and Gunn going to see the uh, the creator of the show? Yes! And the, uh, it's David Fury who works behind the scenes, and he's also, they got the mustard out! out. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that what is Nina? How does he talk to... Uh, Lauren or Gunn and Wesley because the puppets are controlling him by sticking their hands up his back yes oh my god it's horrible his flesh oh it's horrible it always gives me the wigs oh always horrific it's really bad and then they're like do you want to talk to the hand And they, like, shove it up oh. really hard, and he starts, like, having, like, many seizures. Oh, it's, it's horrible! It's really... This episode is actually quite disturbing. It is very disturbing. <laughs> but, I mean, I suppose it makes sense. If the puppets are the bad guys, then they want to... They want people to think that there's a human who's actually, you know, the voice of this show. So it does kind of make sense for them to do that. But the way, the hole in the back and the... Uh, Oh, it's horrible. It's it's really, really freaky. And it really puts me off puppets. <laughs> and I think that's why I prefer Sid, because at least Sid was, yeah, he was... Um, yeah, he, only, he would have done it to you if he had the chance. <laughs> he wouldn't! Because he was a guy, he was a spirit of a guy who was essentially trying to be good. So you're, true, was, you're right. He would just have sexually assaulted you. Yeah, he would have just called you nubile. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so these these he would puppets have given you word. Oh, what's your good <laughs> word? Um, but these puppets are bad. They're really, really bad. And at least Sid was a good great. guy. I mean, honestly, the idea is so great because I mean, the thing is, when I was younger and I would watch. Uh, Teletubbies with like my brother I mean you would watch it as an adult and it's really repetitive and silly and brainwashy uh, kids shows so you do feel as an adult when you're watching it you're like this is some evil shit right here um, so it's it's pretty much a brilliant idea that the puppets would actually be from hell yeah oh absolutely I think it makes perfect sense that they would be in the form of puppets to get the souls of children because that's the best way to get the souls of children. Yes. Is to be in the form of puppets. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it the way that they control David Fury, <laughs> I don't remember the guy's <laughs> name, but essentially David Fury is really, really creepy. It is super creepy because it's like, 
I mean, obviously, I realize it's makeup, but when they stick, like, their hand up and you can see, like, the flesh wound, ugh. it's, ugh, it, it really turns my stomach. Yeah, it really, <laughs> really turns my stomach as well. Blech. But, yeah, and the fact that he begs them to kill him. Yes. And they're just like, nah, we're just going to continue to play with you. And it's like, oh, God, it's, ugh, it's horrible. It's really, really bad. Yeah, I would not um, want to be a puppet's bitch. No, no, would you would not to be, want to be like, a puppet's like, bitch. I would rather be love's bitch than a puppet's bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Can we move on from freaky puppets? Yeah, with the we hands can move on to when Nina tries to eat Angel. Oh, yeah, when you're Which a puppet angel. Because yeah. he goes and he, like, tells her that he's a puppet. And it's, like, this really cute scene when he's, like, I'm made out of felt. And my nose it comes, comes off. off. Yeah. <laughs> and they're having the, he's, like, having this conversation. And then mid-conversation, she turns into a werewolf. And yeah. she tries to eat him. And it's yeah. hilarious. And, but, I mean, he's tattered. He's, like, in bits. I mean, what does it take to kill Puppet Angel? I mean, he's got fluff coming out of him and everything. Yeah, but I mean, I guess Lauren found a Geppetto in the I house. Know, that really makes me laugh. <laughs> is there a Geppetto in the house? <laughs> so I guess um, all is right. But yeah, I love that scene. He's like, no, Nina, bad Nina. <laughs> I like as well that Puppet Angel has the scars yes, from the attack, I like uh, which I think is a really nice little touch. And... Um, it and, then, a good and it makes him look more badass. Yeah. And um, then we've got that scene with Gunn. He's losing his um, ability to practice law. Yeah. And I can't remember. what. How is that happening? <laughs> Why? I don't remember. Like, at the start of the season, he gets that upgrade from the senior partners. Yep, I know so that. So he gets on the law. Yep. And then it just starts to fade pretty oh. much in- this episode or maybe it was the episode before it started but it's pretty much just like it suddenly starts to fade and then he has to make this deal with the devil obviously but i'm like as i was watching this episode and i started a thread about this on the boards i was so troubled by the storyline because a i didn't really like to upgrade a gun from the start because i'm like i thought the gun was a good character to begin with I really like Gunn. I've always liked Gunn. I thought he had a lot to contribute with. I didn't need him to be suddenly super erudite and educated or whatever for me to think of him as an interesting character. But I was kind of like, okay, fine. Like, uh, I'll go with it. But I think that this whole law upgrade is a disservice to the character uh, as a whole. And, like, obviously this storyline bothers me because i know the price so i know that you know it's gonna end up with fred dying Mm. but i also feel like it is super problematic because gun was good enough as he was before this law and i feel like throughout the season he never learns to accept that like even like here he's all like oh i want to be somebody and i'm like you were always somebody i'm like it's the lesson really that you have to be some super swanky lawyer guy to be worth something. Like, you can't just be a guy from the streets. Because that's a really messed up message. Because I feel like for the rest of the season, even though he kind of regrets the upgrade because Fred died, 
he doesn't regret the upgrade. He doesn't like. He doesn't regret getting the knowledge. He regrets the consequences of getting the knowledge. Yeah. But he still wants the knowledge, you know. So I feel like it's a messed up message because you never feel like Gun goes like, "Oh, I was good enough as I was before this whole thing." So I don't know. I just. I kind of feel like they're ruining Gun for me with this whole plot. And it's just because they want Illyria to happen. And it makes me mad. Yeah, I do get what you're saying about Gun. I think that Gun is a great character. And I really like the fact that he has all this knowledge of vampires, literally because he grew up on the streets. And so he has that knowledge from experience rather than a bookish kind of knowledge. Um, yeah. He has the experience to, you know, take these vampires down. And from that point of view, he's valuable when, you know, they're in Angel Investigations and they're at the, um, oh, I forgot what the hotel was called. Hyperion. Hyperion. <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. yeah, the Hyperion. Um, and whilst I understand that when they moved to Wolfram and Hart, I guess the writers were a little bit like, well, what do we do with Gunn? Because from the point of view of his character before, how would that fit in at Wolfram at Heart? And I do kind of get that from their point of view. But I do think that, I do think that you're right. And I'm I'm not making a habit of this, by the way, of feeling (laughs) that you're right. But I do feel that he was worthy before yeah, and, and I mean, like, I feel like at the end of the season, you get, like, a little bit, because he goes and sees Anne, who used to work with him on the streets, uh, you know, taking in kids and stuff. So you get a little bit yeah. of him going back to his roots, but I don't feel like it's enough. I don't feel like we get enough screen time of Gunn going, like, I was better before, I was good enough before this fake knowledge was put into my head. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe he just genuinely doesn't believe it, though. Well, maybe he doesn't, but I'm like, what kind of message is that? Because then they're basically saying, like, we have this one black kid from the street who had valuable knowledge, arguably more valuable knowledge than Wesley, who basically just learned about demons from books, whereas Gunn learned about them from real experience. And then they just go like, yeah, but that ain't worth shit. He should have gone to to Yale and made something of himself. Like, you know, white people with money. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like it's, it's such a weird message to send that Gunn never really, re- like, gets to feel like, like, Gunn this whole season is really weird. And and then they also kind of act a little bit, in my mind at least, like he and Fred never dated like obviously the fr- the fact that Fred dies because of his actions hits hit, should hit him really hard. That should be like an, a story plot of its own. But because Fred or because Wesley's getting his dream girl, it's just like oh well, look now Gunn is kind of bummed out in this hospital bed. Yeah. Um, like there's no real focus on Gunn as a person, you know. Yeah. He's yeah. just like a block device. Yeah, I do see what you mean when you talk about, you know, essentially Gunn is literally the only person of colour in this cast. And he is treated in a way that it's like, well, if 
he was smart and if he did have this education and that he had all this law knowledge and stuff that he would he that's the only way he's going to benefit the team when in reality that's obviously causes the downfall of fred and fred's death and the resurgence of illyria and and i don't think enough emphasis is put on that but i think that if Angel was made now. I mean, bearing in mind this was like 14 years ago. I think if it was made now, I think there would be more emphasis on that, on the fact that Gunn is a worthy character with the skills that he had before and the fact that he got all of this knowledge. Yeah, it was great and it got them out of a couple of scrapes, but that's not what he's about. That's not him. And I think you're basically saying is that I'm damaged by the quality of today's TV and I'm judging old TV by that standard. (laughs) Maybe. I just think that nowadays, I think that they would have been a bit more sensitive with regards to Gunn. But I also think that, you know, perhaps if Angel was made today, Gunn wouldn't be the only person of colour on the show. So he wouldn't have that uh, expectation placed upon him. But I guess we're never going to know because this is what the writers decided that they wanted to do with the character. So Indeed, and I'm um, eternally disappointed because I loved Gunn from the start. And I really, I mean, I do love him to the end, but I do feel like, I, I really like this season, but I do feel like this season made a, a real disservice to him. Because the thing is, I get it that they're like, oh, what are we going to do with Gunn at this law firm? But I'm like, they had, like, at, at the start of the like at the start of the season, they have Angel killing this guy of the tactical operations uh, in a really awesome scene, by the way. Um, but, I mean, so they have, like, this tactical force. Gunn has all this knowledge about fighting evil on the streets, that he could he could have been part of the tactical force. It could have been head of the tactical force. Just like Fred became head of the lab because that was her aptitude, you know? It's not like she was a trained lab expert. As far as we know, she was actually like a grad student or something when she got taken to um Hylia. Yeah. Uh so like it's not like she's actually like a doctor or a scientist with like a degree or anything. We're just meant to assume that because she was in grad school. So, like, why couldn't Gunn get to go where his aptitude was, you know? Yeah. Why does he have to be the bargain with the devil guy? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm frustrated, okay? <laughs> no, and, and I completely understand your frustration because I do think that in this season particularly that because Buffy finished their season the previous year and they wanted James Masters on this show. So they yeah. made space for Spike. Um, And I think that a couple of characters suffered from the inclusion of Spike in this season. And I think Gunn was one of them. And I think Lorne was another one. I think neither of them were used to their full potential because they got Spike in. And I think Spike works really well on Angel. I think he does too. But I mean, I think that Spike is kind of the new Cordelia. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's because they're establishing his character, because Cordelia was always kind of in the background. Uh, so I guess because they're establishing his character, he got more play, because that's what you do when you have a new character. Yeah. Um, Because just off the top of my head, I can think of, like, 
more several episodes that are kind of spike centric but i mean maybe it's also that i mean let's face it any scene where spike and angel are together is pretty much comedy gold it is it is really really good <laughs> um and the like i said scenes with spike and puppet angel are a great example of how brilliantly those two characters work even when one's a puppet like yeah. <laughs> it, it just seems to work really well they have chemistry, which is why their love will last forever. <laughs> oh, Spangel. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, we've kind of gone a bit bit off topic talking about Gun, but um, Gun really because it's in context of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we've still got so much to talk about because they. I know. Okay, so <laughs> they're gonna fight the evil puppets. Yes, and the best line. Of the whole episode might be when one of the evil puppets tells Angel that I'm gonna tear you on you puppet hole, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great line, and I wish I could use it in my daily life. You can yeah. use it in your daily life. It doesn't make sense if I'm not a puppet. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to make sense though, because it's just a slur, isn't it? So. When you're getting into a Fair fight enough. with someone on the train, you could be all like, I'm going to tear you a new puppet hole, bitch. And they're going to be like, what? And you're going to be like, boom. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> because there's the elements of surprise in it. They're going to be thinking, puppet hole, what? Good fighting advice from the kickboxers. <laughs> Told you, you've always got to be <laughs> keep in the your right opponent, mindset. Keep your opponent off balance. Yep. That's why Buffy comes so much. Yep. Yeah, so they, they eventually they figure out that it's the puppets behind it. And it is it is essentially Gunn who gets his knowledge back, who essentially figures it out and announces, oh, well, it's actually the puppets that are in charge and they're the ones that are behind this. And yeah, then there's a so. pretty great fight scene between them and the puppets. It's great fun. It's quite comical because it's the sort of scene that you expect would happen like in the Muppets dressing room or something like that and yeah and I mean I, I remember like years ago reading about it online that like you know the people who were like acting as the puppets because you know they were obviously real like puppet actors uh, and that like they thought it was so much fun to get to be evil because they usually do like kids shows. Yeah. So, you know, for them, it was really fun to be like, Oh, I'm going to tear out your pretty eyes. You know, it does look uh, like they're having a great time. And it, yeah, I mean, I feel like that comes through that. It's like, I feel like the puppets are really like kind of gleefully evil. But it's like, you know, like when the puppets are like really nice and talking to the children and they've got like one face and then, and then their face, like, turns and they go, the angry, the, like, evil face. It's scary. It's freaky. It's scary. It's why I've always been afraid of puppets, because I've always feared that that angry face was in there. And it's true. But can I Thank just you, say... Thank you, Angel, for confirming my deepest, darkest fears. But can I just say that Angel's puppet vamp face is amazing. Yes. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. The fact that he can still morph into... Vampire face. Because they have that with the the puppets they sold. I think they sold like Puppet Angel or like Vamp Face Puppet Angel. And the same with Spike. Uh, So you could get them like either either Normal Face or Vamp Face. And the Vamp Faces are amazing. (laughs) They're really good. And I really like how it... I know it sounds ridiculous because I know they do the morphing between normal Vamp Face and, you know, not Vamp Face anyway. But just the fact it's a puppet... It just makes it so much better <laughs> that they've got this, like, 
transformation. And I think it's wonderful. And yeah, the whole the whole sort of fight at the end. Uh, obviously, our heroes win. Hurrah! It's really great, but I do have to say that the the big like um, ratio, I think it's his name. I think I called him Horatio earlier. I thought it was but, Horatio, but I think it's a ratio, oh. like the the purple one that goes back. Like, yeah, I thought his um, name was Horatio. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I, I think his death is kind of brutal when they like. Oh yeah, when, yeah, they like, tear out like his beak or whatever you yeah. call it. <laughs> And then he's like, Aah! oh yeah, because that's Wesley and Fred, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I did feel I was like, that's kind of brutal, actually. I'm yeah. all, I'm, but I guess that's because he doesn't talk, so he still seems quite innocent. Like you don't get quite the same hell vibe from him because he's like a big fluffy penguin of sorts, you know? Yeah, he seems to be like, um. You know when you've always got like the the henchman who doesn't really say anything and you're not really sure like if they're good or bad. That's that's kind of what I think of when I see him. But yeah, the way he dies with his things coming out, it's it's basically just a load of fluff, isn't it? Isn't it just fluff? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and that's things are restored more or less. Nina wakes up in a cage and she's like, oh god. I ate him, <laughs> which is a bad morning after. Yeah. And considering how much, like, fluff she's surrounded by, I mean, she tore into him, like... She really tore into him. Yeah. But, yeah, obviously, then Angel comes in his puppet form, and it's going to wear off in a week or so, but he takes her to breakfast, because, again, yeah, he's more comfortable as a puppet than as a vampire, which, you know, maybe you need to go to therapy, bro. I'm not... I'm just suggesting it. Yeah, we're not judging, but maybe. <laughs> Definitely not judging, just saying you you might have issues. You need to talk, talk through with somebody. I mean, honestly, I would have really liked to have seen the transformation between Puppet Angel to Real Angel. Yeah, oh. You think it would have been, like, awkward and, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Heine, that it would have been, like, in stages? I don't You don't know. think he would have just turned into Angel? I don't know, but I would have loved to have seen it rather than use the "oh, I'll be back to normal soon" kind of line to actually. I actually see... like the "I'll be back to normal soon" kind of line. I, I I think it worked for this episode. I think that any kind of Hulk transformation between puppet and angel would have been kind of lame. No, it wouldn't. He could have like burst out of like his puppet shell. I think it would have been really also cool. because I didn't want to see the end of Puppet Angel because I love Puppet Angel because it's so cute. Yeah, but you can always buy him. No, for like five thousand pounds on eBay. Talking to me, that would be so scary. Ah, <laughs> oh, one day I'm going to come around your apartment. I'm going to be like, "Look what I've got, Puppet Angel!" A bit no, <laughs> and I'm going to be equally thrilled and terrified. I do think yeah, they are now, a lot of money. Like, yeah, I think now they're quite expensive. I think that back in the day, oh, yeah, I. I in my head, they were quite expensive when they came out, but I think that now they're even more expensive because yeah. they obviously don't make them anymore. Yeah. But so... yeah, no, I, I don't want that kind of clutter in my house. If it's not a book, get it away from me. Well, um, that's how I'm going to torture you. I'm just going to keep sending you crap. <laughs> Literally every week, more crap. And you'll be like, no, no, I can't take any more crap. <laughs> and literally, your place is going to be full of crap 
Not literally. That would be that would be my nightmare. And also, I have zero qualms about re-gifting gifts. So if you send me crap, I'm just going to give it away. Oh. Oh, well, I won't bother then because I don't want to spend my <laughs> money to for you to re-gift it to someone. Yeah, and I, I mean, I already sent you crap. I sent you a mug. <laughs> Which I use. Oh, And it's not well, crap because I love mugs. Well, it was kind of crap because it wasn't the mug that I wanted to send. Well, why didn't you send me another one then? Because it couldn't be a, it couldn't be delivered in the proper time. Well, like I wanted to give you something immediately, and the other one was like, "Oh yeah, maybe we can deliver it in a month or two. Oh well, I'm very grateful for the mug, but if there is another mug out there, then I'm also grateful for that too. <laughs> because I but, love I love mugs. I am. I, it. I also I I also actually love mugs, but. I love very specific kind of mugs. I'm, I'm a specific kind of person. But anyway. Uh, anyway, enough um, of mugs. Um, yeah, so... I, what I think is great about this episode is that it's like it's like this great comic relief, but it also progresses the story and the characters. So it's like you see the emotional development of Angel, obviously. Uh, you see the storyline with Gun uh, and the brain stuff. And the eventual Fred stuff. And you see, like, the emotional development of Fred and Wesley. Mm. Um, so I think that that's why, for me, this is just, like, a really great kind of hour of television. Because it has all this fun stuff, but it doesn't forget about the arc of the season. Yeah. But that you find that with the, the best Buffy episodes as well, is that they're great episodes, sort of standalone... But they also work really well to progress the characters and the story arcs and everything as well. And I think that's what makes this a truly great episode of Angel. Yeah. And, and I it think is up there. I think it's definitely like top five. Yeah. And I think that's, this is generally what is good about both Buffy and Angel ass shows. That they they tend to be this way, you know, that they don't forget about the main story. Um like we've talked a bit about Charmed on the boards and I'm not going to trash Charmed because I I do like Charmed and I watch it, but they do kind of tend to go like, oh, well, for the sake of a joke or for the sake of a good story, they'll let go of, like, the season arc. Um, but I feel like the Buffy and Angel are pretty good at sticking to the main story and, like, working on progressing that. Yeah. Which I really appreciate because I think that makes for really good storytelling. Because uh, it's like, it's really nice with a nice comedic break, like, say, Once More with Feeling or Smile Time, but that you still feel like, oh, something is happening, you know, I'm watching this for a reason, this is not just, like, a half-hour sitcom with no purpose, you yeah. know? Yeah, because you do want a continuing story arc, you don't want to watch a show and then have an episode that's completely unrelated to everything else going on. Yeah, that you're like, oh, I could just never watch this, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, truly, this is up there with my favorite episodes of Angel, and it is freaky, and it does freak me out a lot. But it is very funny and very memorable, and it's just a Angel? joy, a genuine joy to watch. Yes, yes, it is. Um, um it is I, 
I was going to say, I, um, I'd, I had a look on the Buffy Wiki this time because I know it's normally your job to look on the Buffy Wiki, but I decided that I would have a look and, <laughs> um, because I was curious about the international titles and they are brilliant. <laughs> so, um, how can you translate? How can you make brilliance out of Smile Time? Smile Time is already brilliant. See, Smile Time is a fantastic title in itself. However, you've not yet heard the German title. I was going to say Germany will top us, won't they? Germany, as always, you've excelled yourself. So, apologies for my pronunciation, but the German title is Angriff der Mordenpuppen. The Attack of the Murder Puppets? Close! Attack of the Killer Puppets. Killer Puppets, hmm. Wait, that's, that's, I think that's uh, actually kind of terrifying, but yeah. it, it also makes me feel like they're playing on, uh, have you seen the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Yes! Which is, I mean, I'm not going to say a great movie. No, it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. It's a movie that exists in the world and that you should definitely watch because it's it's a it's, fun um, movie to watch. It's got George Clooney in it, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, really, really young George Clooney. One. Yeah. At least the first one. I don't think he came back for the sequels. <laughs> I think at that point he was probably in ER and he was like, no, mate, I'm in ER. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm done with the tomato face of my career. But yeah, that's what it makes me think of. Um, That's a pretty great title, actually. Yeah, because they also had Attack of the Killer Tomatoes uh, uh, cartoon as well. Tomatoes! Tomato. Tomato. It's a tomato. (laughs) It really makes me laugh, though, that you say, because I've always said to you that you, because you say, obviously, most things with the way that Americans say it. And I've always found that quite fascinating about you. Also, because in Swedish, tomato would be tomats, which sounds a lot more like the British one. Exactly. So why, it's like, why do you say tomato then? Why don't you say tomato? this was around third grade. My best friend and I were in English class and we had to say lorry. And we thought that lorry was a stupid word. Because we wanted to say truck, because we had heard truck on TV. And we also went to school, like, later on with, like, proper British people. And if you go to school with people who speak proper British, if you yourself try to speak British, it sounds really dumb. Like, it sounds like you're putting on an accent. It sounds forced. It sounds awkward. It is a lot easier to speak American English. And we kind of made a conscious decision then to, like, not speak British English because we were like, we sound like idiots. (laughs) We compare ourselves to Katie. Katie speaks like she's royalty, and we can't compare ourselves to Katie because Katie was British. So, yeah, we kind of made a conscious decision to just go like, yeah, we're not going to speak British because we sound like idiots if we try to emulate it. Because you guys sound all like, you have like this great way of speaking, but it's like, glottally, it's hard to emulate. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's how that happened. Okay. Okay. Um. Anyway, so... Um, back to the international titles. So in French, um, it's uh, 
Les Marionnettes Maléfiques. So, the evil puppets. Hmm. So, again, very sort of descriptive, but not as descriptive as Germany, as always. Also, like, was it the evil puppet or the evil puppets? Puppets. Oh, okay, yeah. But still, like, the evil pup. Yeah, I, I suppose it's very descriptive, though. Yeah. But I, I think I prefer Small Time as a title. More subtle. <laughs> yeah, and it's... It's... It just describes, like, it describes what happens in the show. It describes, like, what the chill... What happens to the actual children, because they've got massive grins on their faces when they're all Indeed. comatose. Um, and it does. It's, just, it's also, an episode that does make you smile. If you think about the, the German title, Attack of the Killer Puppets, again, like, the kids are kind of catatonic, but are they actually killed? No, that's I don't think question. they kill anyone, do they? No, because, like, at the end of the episode, doesn't Fred say that, like, the kids are, like, restored, basically? Yeah, yeah. So they're technically not killer puppets. No, Just... but they want to be. Yeah, but, you know, they're puppets, so they're inefficient and useless. <laughs> yeah, because the humans always win out in the end. And um, that is the moral of this do. story. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, the puppets are going to take over. Like, I swear to God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just read um, Rur, Rossum's Universal Robots, which is written by Karel Kapek, who... Uh, uh, it's a play that provided uh, um, inspiration for Dollhouse, except that in the play, okay. it's robots that look... Because he coined the term robot, actually. Um, and it's robots that look like humans, and they take over the world because human beings are stupid. And so, yeah, they're basically puppets, but humanity is screwed, okay? Our own creations will kill us. That well, is... It's you should take from this episode. Well, yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of <laughs> I mean a lot of sci-fi is based around humans or cyborgs or androids or humanoids or whatever taking over. It's gonna happen. Terminator predicted that Skynet would take over, and I don't think we're that far from that to be honest. Um, <laughs> because you know computers are smart, man. They're smarter than us. Well, they're they smarter are. than me, so that's not saying much, to be fair. <laughs> um, so, out of the two episodes, I think I know the answer that you're going to give, but which is your favourite, The Puppet Show or Smile Time? Well, obviously, Smile Time. Obviously. <laughs> because Smile Time is a joyride from zero, from like the first second to the last, well, maybe not the last, because... As I mentioned, I'm conflicted about the Wesley and Fred kiss. But but overall, I mean, I don't think it's really fair to compare because also the puppet show is in the first season of Buffy. Yeah. And Smile Time is in the last season of Angel. Yeah. So it feels like the puppet show is kind of just breaking new ground and Smile Time is going like, oh, let's have fun with this old concept, you know? So I, I, I'll say that I love, like, now that I've rewatched The Puppet Show, I'm going to say that I, I like them both equally. Like, Smile Time has more laughs, but The Puppet Show is way better than I would have given, given it credit for before I rewatched it. 
and it does have like like it has like great stuff in it yeah with like the scoobies and just conversations with sid and like yeah so i think it's hard to pick a favorite but i will pick smile time because it does make me laugh more yeah and i think as a genre i mean there's not really much in the general puppet genre to talk about but they are so kind of different in the way that they are as episodes and like you say the puppet show is so early on in Buffy's run and Smile Time is towards the end of Angel's run and from that point of view they're not really comparable I think I think the puppet show is I think it's an underrated gem and I've always said that the puppet show is actually a really good episode of Buffy it's got some great character work it's got some great twists well, maybe not great twists, but it's got twists. Um, <laughs> I think now that I've rewatched it, I definitely agree. And I feel like like it, it, it's hard to remember now how you felt the first time. But watching the puppet show for the first time in a long time, I did feel like they used their elements so well. Like, you know, they played up the spookiness of Snyder. Like, oh, is, is the principal a bad guy? Is he not a bad guy? Who's the evil guy? Like yeah. at the end, I I really was like, oh man, it was the magician guy. I had no idea because he was so in the background the whole yeah. episode. So I feel like they they really play their cards well in that episode. Uh, so I agree with you. It it is definitely an underrated gem, especially for being like the lowest rated episode of Buffy ever. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think more people should give the puppet show a second look. I think that people would enjoy it. If they actually went back to it. It's super charming. Yeah, I think it's it's way, yeah, again, it's way better than I remembered it to be. And like I said, Smile Time's always been a highlight of Angel for me. So to go back to it and watch it again, it was still the same. It brought me the same amount of joy that it did previously and the same amount of ick. Yeah, and you could argue that, like, Smile Time, for me, it it does bring me joy, and it is so much fun. But, yeah, like, if you really want to push it, you could say the puppet show is braver. Because, again, it's the first season of this little tiny show that nobody knows if it's going to go anywhere. Yeah. And by the time of Smile Time, like, if it's episode 14, they probably had a pretty good idea that there wasn't going to be a season six. Well, I think that um, in the um, in the wiki it says that Smile Time was the first episode to air after the announcement of the cancellation. Yeah, so they so, were probably like, like, just let's just have fun with it, you know? Yeah, and Which it doesn't I'm, look like they did have fun. So yeah, I'm eternally grateful because I think this is a great episode. Yeah, it's yeah, just so silly and funny. But again, it's silly and funny and still manages to remember the plot to maintain the plot and to keep the characters growing because i do feel like this is an interesting episode for the angel character um and him growing as a person and like being more comfortable with himself because obviously he does start dating nina after this and it's kind of the first time he started to date someone regularly like he had this kind of romance with cordelia but it never went anywhere so i wouldn't really count that that's it's not a relationship like he has a relationship with nina after this so it's quite 
significant for his character, really. Yeah, there's a lot of significant stuff happening for pretty much every character going forward. Yeah, maybe um, except Lorne, but yeah. That's, that's, um... But that, but that again, that's because I think that Lorne was generally underserved by season five anyway. Yeah, um, and I yeah, don't think they knew what to do with him, um, and it's really sad because Andy Hallett deserved better than that. I feel like we should talk about Angel season five more. I feel like we agree about a lot. In what? <laughs> oh my god, this is terrible. Um, it's. it's- season that brings us together it really is the season that brings us together and who'd have thought that for some people tis the, se- tis the season is christmas for us it's angel season five <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's how we're friends it's because like deep down we've always known we've had this affinity with angel season five <laughs> literally no one else has but anyway we digress we always digress. We do. We haven't digressed with a lot, though. Normally, we're talking about, like, 90s YA fiction or something at some point. But to be honest, we're kind you of know, running out of time. Like, I feel like we've digressed a little. Yeah, but it's been it's been digression on topic, which is not really what we normally do. So that's been good, I think. Yeah, true. Except for when I, you know, lamented the presence of orange velour pants at H&M. Yeah. And then we got talking about Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. well George it's... Clooney. <laughs> it's George now, Clooney. you know. <laughs> we do love George Clooney. Um, no, we so... don't. <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> His character on ER was a jackass. Yeah, but you like George Clooney, right? No. What? Okay. Is there a this reason is... why... <laughs> Why should I like, like, is there a single reason in the universe why I should like George Clooney? Because he's hot? Uh, no, he's not. Okay, so it's like normal service has been resumed. We came together for <laughs> Angel Season 5, love, and now it's all just fallen apart because I mentioned George Clooney. Indeed. Normal service <laughs> is resumed. So The world order has been restored. It has. So, um... Yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll leave it there. <laughs> I guess we will. This Edmony like this just mm, I will get you to my side eventually. Well, we shall see about that. We shall see. <laughs> right, I guess Find we- us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and Tumblr. And of course on Buffy Boards. We're there. Come and find us. Come and say hi. And you can find us wherever you want and come and say hi like we're everywhere yeah uh i think we're like om like is it once more with podcasts or is it a shortened verse because i think it's omw podcast yeah it's it's different on different platforms because i couldn't get the right the same names on all of them but it's yeah once more with podcast (laughs) yeah instagram's at once more with podcast and tumblr's at once once more with podcast but twitter's different because twitter's weird (laughs) and i run the twitter so i should know but i don't because i use the it's just you, and then I just click yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I read the Instagram, and that's why it's great. Well, I run Twitter, and that's why that's freaking awesome. <laughs> well, I read Instagram, and that's why 
Okay. I think we could probably <laughs> carry on with that for a while. So I think we should just say goodbye. Bye. 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 Lord. <laughs>